My name is Kieran Cotter. I'm 67 years old. Joined the lifeboat when I was about 19 years old. Was a crew for almost 46 years, crew member. I was coxswain from 1989 to December uh, 2020, which is 31 years. And now I'm one of the DLAs. So Baltimore is on the southwest corner of Ireland. We have a famous landmark 11 miles from the, the village called the Fastnet Rock. And uh, we're Atlantic to the west, Celtic Sea to the south, and we're 500 nautical miles from Spain, and it's 1740 miles to Newfoundland, uh, west-southwest, I suppose. I was born on Cape Clear Island and we moved to Baltimore in 1970. Uh, my father would have been into sailing and fishing and he joined the crew when he arrived. At that stage, 1970, I was 15 years old. I then used to fish during the summer, so I was quite knowledgeable about the water. Was in the Merchant Navy for a couple of years, uh, 1973-75. And then in January 1975, I, I think I was asked probably by the local coxswain or the local secretary or there was at the time, which is now the LOM, to join the crew and I joined it on the 1st of January 1975. And the Fastnet race was mid-August 1979. And that particular time I was now living in the village and I had bought a shop in 1977. So on that particular night I remember meeting uh, Richard Bush who was the secretary at the time and uh, I said to Richard, you know, the Fastnet races on, had started in Cowes on Saturday morning. Boats were due around the Fastnet that night. And I said, the weather is deteriorating and we might get a call or a shout out of this. And I said, at that particular time, there was no, we didn't have bleepers. So what, and of course, mobile phones didn't exist. And I said, look, I'll be in the office in the shop there for an hour or two and you can give me a ring if there's a call. So I was maybe half nine, the phone rang, and it was Richard. Not sure of the time now, but I think it's around half nine, just getting on dark. I've probably just gone uh, just dark. And he said that there, he explained that there was a call because uh, one of the press boats going out to the Fastnet was reported overdue in the next village, which is Skull. And so we proceeded, launched the boat, proceeded to sea, Done a search of around the Fastnet, made calls on the VHF, and so we were really looking for a needle in the haystack because the Fastnet Rock is about 11, 10 or 11 miles from Skull. We received a call to say that the boat had arrived safely back in Skull with everyone on board, and soon after that, we received a call from the Coast Radio Station or the Coast Guard to say that a yacht regardless was in difficulty four miles southeast of the fastness and when we got there there were boats everywhere and there were lights everywhere and one of the irish navy ships deirdre was in the vicinity and at that particular time we didn't have a vhf direction finder but she did and she was able to locate an exact position southeast of the fastness far regardless and uh, when we arrived there at that time when we went out first the weather was relatively calm the wind was southerly or southeasterly and but it was freshening and by the time we got to the fastnet at maybe probably one half one can't exactly remember the time uh the wind had freshened up to maybe four seven or eight and she had 
a broken rudder, so they couldn't steer her. So we took her in tow, and at the time our lifeboat was uh, only capable of doing, she was an old um, Watson, the Robert, and uh, she was only capable of doing about eight and a half, nine knots. And regardless, when we took her in tow, the wind about that time went into the west and started to strengthen up to about maybe force 10, 11. And there was a big swell started to roll. And the next thing is she was passing us out and parting the tow. We proceeded to tow her back, uh, I think maybe losing the tow three or four times. And we got her back into Baltimore, maybe half seven in the morning. And at that time, there was the wind was very, very strong, definitely gust, gusting 10, 11. And uh, it took us an hour to get her onto a mooring where we moored her up near the lifeboat station. Uh, Baltimore doesn't have uh, 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 leisure facilities like a marina. And so we put her on a, on a, on a, uh, a swinging buoy and um, we got back to the pier and then we were told, we were only just back at the pier and we were told that there was another diff yacht in difficulty south of the galley, which maybe is 25 miles to 30 miles southeast of us. We left Baltimore, proceeded out to the area, had difficulty in finding her. There again, we didn't have, our, we weren't able to pick her up on VHF. She had given us a position which didn't seem to be very correct, but there was an RAF uh, reconnaissance uh, Nimrod in the area, and she was able to locate the boat, the yacht, uh, marionette. Uh, we proceeded to the position and took her in tow. And as I, it was probably four o'clock in the afternoon by the time we got her in tow, and then we proceeded to tow her back to Baltimore. She had the same problem, the roller had broken. When we got back to Baltimore that evening, about 7.30 maybe, the wind had calmed, the sun had come out, and it was a beautiful evening. So we had been in, at sea for about maybe 22 hours, 22 and a half hours, can't really remember exactly. But that was kind of the time span. Hello, it's Dee Kafari here, and you've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices Collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org forward slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is produced for the RNLI by Adventurous Audio Limited.